welcome to the Grit and Wit podcast, a show for ambitious female business owners that want to grow irresistible brands. If you're running a business and juggling family commitments and often your sanity, well, you're in the right place. I'm Liz from Elevate and I'm your host. I'll be chatting with inspiring guests who are sharing their stories and practical advice to help you navigate the highs and lows of building a business with grit and wit. Hello and welcome to today's episode. We're joined today by the lovely Simone, who is the premier PA. Now, Simone delivers exceptional PA services virtually. She helps her clients to tick off all the stuff that has to get done in their businesses so they can get on with the stuff that they want to get done, so they can remain strategic. So today we're going to be talking about all things to do with working with a PA or a VA, perhaps if it's your first time thinking about whether you might want to work with somebody in your business, perhaps you're overworked, overwhelmed and a little bit stressed. Uh, There are people that can help and Simone is one of the best. So we're going to dive right in and find out more. Hello, Simone. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Grit and Wit podcast. It's lovely to have you here. Could you just start off, please, by telling us a little about yourself and your business? Hi, Liz. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I am a personal assistant. I work virtually for a variety of clients. And basically, it's to help them achieve work-life balance in their lives, support them, whether it's on personal needs or whether it's on their business needs. Brilliant. Now, um, we're gonna, I'm going to start by taking you back to the beginning. Um, so could you tell me how long you've been running your business? We should also say uh, your business is called the Premier PA uh, and you've got a beautiful new website that everybody should go and have a look at. So how long have you been running this business? Um, I've been running the business now for just over three years and it was at the end of last year when I decided it was time to actually form the brand and the website to actually have an online presence. And what were you doing before that? What's your background? I've been a personal assistant um, for senior executives really for the last 20 years nearly. Um, I started off in sort of insurance and then went into private banking, private equity. And then more recently, I was in telecommunications. And so presumably they were kind of a nine to five role and you were traveling to an office and that kind of thing. Uh, So this is quite a a different setup for you now. So you work from home. Is that right? You're working, everything's done uh, virtually now. Yes. Yep. So my office is set up at home. And I have worked from home for the last three years. Um, so my commute is uh, definitely so reduced. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, before I was before I was commuting most of my career into into London. Right. So you've gained all that time. Yeah, it's a major lifestyle change, um, which, to be honest, has has been prompted primarily by having a child and wanting to be sort of more present for my child and able to to juggle business and being a mum. Yeah, absolutely. As so many of us are. So you've got a daughter, that's right, isn't it? Yes, yep. She's twelve now. She's twelve. So you're heading on into the into the terrible teens. <laughs> yep. As we are rapidly. It's uh it's scary. It seems to start younger and younger. 
So you were working in London and then you've decided to set up on your own. What was the sort of motivation behind that? It was really just to be able to be around and to kind of be able to do the sports days and pickups and whatnot from school and to, to have more balance, would you say? Yeah, I just I just felt that it was as as she was sort of progressing through primary school and that, you know, that there's just more involved with with children I think as they get older the the responsibilities of and school commitments get greater and I felt that I needed that flexibility so whether it was to pick her up from an after school club or pick her up at normal school time or you know it was very hard to get a regular routine and I personally didn't like that I would constantly have to kind of ask permission to get my own child you know that yeah from from a line manager I, I, that didn't sit very well with me when my job situation changed um and I was leaving um my last company someone actually said to me well why don't you have your own clients and run your own business and it, it was something that never even entered my head before and to be <laughs> honest it's probably the best it's probably the best thing I've ever done right that's what I was going to ask you I was going to say how have you found it? What are the sort of main differences? Because it's quite a leap of faith, isn't it, to leave what's essentially a kind of comfortable employed role where you know you're going to get a salary at the end of each month to branch out on your own and to take that risk, not really knowing how it's going to pan out. How, how have you found it? In the very early days, it was incredibly daunting, um, I suppose, because, you know, you know nothing about running a business, let alone sort of how you're going to get clients and all that sort of thing. It's it's a bit of a, a worrying time in a way, but I had a fantastic support system around me. Um, and I also have, I have a confidence in myself when it comes to work. I have a lot of experience and I'm good at what I do. It's just then a case of getting that out there to other people so that they come to you and trust you. Yes, absolutely. And did you start off with Uh, a few clients did you have a few already that you were working with or were you starting completely from scratch the way I did it was I actually um, started working with alongside a company so the clients belonged to that company but I was self-employed and you sort of you know you're 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 allocated a client and you work for them and I did that for about a year but then as it happened, as I was as I was getting more experience being independent, an opportunity came to me where someone wanted to work with me a lot of hours. And it meant that I ended up leaving the um, previous company that, that basically I'd started out with. Yeah. So you sort of start in a slightly safer way um, yes, before yeah. you kind of go out on your own. And then you've got your client, your first client when you start yourself. Yes. So so when I started, I I didn't need to find my own clients, even though I was still self-employed. Yes, sure. And we should say that we have worked together on your brand foundations uh, not too long ago, um, which we'll touch on a bit more as we go on. But at what point did you realise that you were ready to kind of start to invest a little bit more in yourself and in your business? And and how did you know that it was the right time for you? After doing the self-employed work for a couple of years, I knew that this was sort of how it was going to be now for the rest of my career. I, d- I don't 
there is no nothing for me there is nothing appealing about going back into an employed situation um i like the control of running my own business and with everything that's happened in the last year with the pandemic you see a lot of people a lot of businesses furloughing staff and obviously making people redundant and things like that and it was the pandemic that basically made me realize that i needed to have an on, have the online presence because should any of my clients need to reduce their hours with me or could no longer afford a pa or anything like that i would have lost that control of and the opportunity of working so i decided i need to to create the brand and do the marketing around that with you so that i could then approach other clients and and show them have something to offer yeah sure to be able to to sort of show your business and to be able to email links yes. out to your website and all that kind of stuff yeah absolutely so I'm going to talk a little bit if you don't mind about the kind of working day um, and you know what is involved really in your business and how you yep. uh, help other people because I'm sure that lots of the listeners will be wondering you know whether your business is a good fit for them whether it's something mm-hmm. that you could help them with but also you know whether this is a career that perhaps might suit them too because I know that a lot of people are listening and perhaps they're looking for a change of direction perhaps they're in a similar situation where they've you know they've started a family and their old job doesn't fit that kind of thing yeah so h- how many hours do you typically work in a week typically I would say on average, maybe about 25 to 30 hours on average. Yeah, okay. That up and I can flex that up and down as I choose. Right. And I suppose that that is the beauty, isn't it, of having your own business is that you can scale up or scale back if you've yes. got other things going yeah. on in your life, which is what you can't do when you're employed. Yes. So how do you work your business around things like school holidays then? So with the school holidays, in general, I I do work one of one of my clients I officially would sort of have holiday as such with that client but I'm on a monthly retainer with that client and it doesn't affect my my income if I take some time off that's fine with my other clients because you don't work for them full time you have the flexibility of putting those hours into other days of the week so I yes. would let my client I would let my clients know that I'm not working perhaps say for five days. You know, I take a week off, but the hours that I would normally work for them that week, I just do weeks either side. So that so they yes. get their full they get what they pay for, but over a shorter period in the month. Sure, sure. So what we should talk about first is really what exactly you do so what exactly is a a virtual sort of PA virtual assistant what's your sort of day-to-day role what 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 would you say is the thing that you're actually doing the most and and helping other people with the majority of my time I suppose is diary management and being the go-to for my clients clients so they would come to me directly instead of, you know, for for assistance with diary access, meetings, things like that. For one of my clients, I'm helping with personal requirements that, that 
that person has. So whether it is helping with, you know, buying a new dishwasher or if they need some gifts um, taken to the post office for posting, you know, things like that. I help with ordering flowers. Another client I have, I do project work for. So they recently did uh, had to relocate their offices. So they asked me to run that project for them. And at the moment, I'm supporting them with an IT project that they've got going for the next couple of months. So it's really varied. It must be. um, It's quite nice, isn't it, that each day is slightly different and different clients have different requirements. Um, It kind of keeps things fresh for you as well, I guess. Yes. Yeah. What would you say are your sort of ideal clients or your sort of typical kind of clients and customers? What sorts of businesses do you tend to work with? Um, I have a mixture, to be fair. Um, They're either companies that have been established for a while, but they're at the stage where they don't need someone full time, but they need someone to to help from a personal assistant point of view, whether it is the diary management for the chief exec or whether it's helping um, schedule meetings for a a sales team or whatever they might need. And the beauty of having someone like myself working with them is they don't have the additional expenses of having an employee. Yes, absolutely. But I guess that you form quite good relationships with your clients so that, you know, you're their kind of go to person, because I suppose the alternative to working with somebody like you would be to work with an agency of some sort where you perhaps are, you know, dealt with by lots of different VAs. Yes. And you don't get that kind of continuity uh, necessarily. Yes, I can see that the fact that they're able to just sort of work with just you is really important. Uh, and the fact that yeah. people are able to trust you with their clients sounds sounds really interesting. So is that something that takes a while to build that trust when you're working with somebody new? It takes a while from their point of view, um, in the sense yes. that they may never have had a PA before. And I think sometimes for people that have never worked with a PA, it can be quite challenging because they don't really understand how the PA can support them fully and sometimes it they feel you know if you could you just go to the post office and do this or could you schedule this meeting it's like they're they're handing off sometimes I think they they believe it's the rubbishy jobs of you know but it's not because as a PA that's my skill set and my expertise is to take the admin off them Um, whereas sometimes they've not had a PA before, it's quite hard for them to hand over those types of jobs. And also the trust of giving credit card details, passport information, so you can book their travel, anything like that. It's the first time they do it, it's quite, it's a big deal for them, I think. Yes, yes, I can see that definitely. And I guess it's quite difficult for people when it's their own business, potentially, that you know, it's their baby. It's quite hard yeah. to let go of a bit, isn't it? And to trust yes. somebody else to do that. But I think that something that comes up in my mind is the idea that we, if you're running a small business, there's this sort of slight feeling of, well, by the time I've explained to somebody else how to do it, I may as well have done it myself. Yes. What would you say to that? I think initially that would be the case. But very quickly, your PA would 
know your likes and dislikes. They know how you run your diary, how you want it to be run. And the PA will be able to adapt depending on your needs to another client's needs. So, yes, if you take the time initially, you will actually save an awful lot of time in the long run. Yes, further down the road. So just in terms of your own business um, and how you found sort of setting up your own business, obviously, when we start out, there are so many different hats that we have to wear. Uh, and especially if you've come from a more corporate background, you know, you would have yeah. had an IT department and you'll have had a something that can help you with the tech and all of the stuff, um, <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff that trips us up initially. Yeah. How, how have you found sort of setting up your own your own business and you know do you see ways that other small businesses can help each other do you have any kind of network that you're part of for example I mean initially you sort of worry about how you're gonna run it all you know and it's like you, you do I do my invoices very simply on an excel spreadsheet for example when I first started and then you suddenly think, oh, no, I need to do it a bit more automated because it will be make everything more efficient. And, you know, so then you speak you once you speak to your accountant, because obviously you have to find an accountant. And once you speak to the accountant, they will recommend packages to look at. And I'm on a couple of sort of networking groups actually on Facebook that, again, you sort of other people ask for advice and you you get to pick up tips from from other self-employed people that maybe you don't even know them, but everyone is willing to help and, you know, give advice where needed and point you in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Even now, there are there are times when, you know, suddenly after we after I set up my page on LinkedIn, it was suddenly like, oh, I need to do regular posts on LinkedIn. And it's like, well, how do I do that? How do everyone get the pretty images and you know, those types of things where suddenly you, you learn that's a new package I've got to focus on and a new area of my business I haven't looked at yet that I need to now try and sort of learn and it develop takes as time, you go through. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of pricing, you know, how did you price yourself at the beginning? Because that's another big thing that comes up for me with my clients. Um, at the beginning, we're trying to work out, you know, how to actually place a value on your own time and I think for a business like yours where you are essentially selling your time uh, that can be very challenging how did you go about sort of deciding on how to price yourself at the very beginning um at the very very beginning because I was linked to the company that had all the clients it's actually their pricing they dictate the price that the client would pay and then the PA would receive a percentage of that. And I suppose then going forwards, you knew then what you were being charged out at versus yes. what you were getting. So it gives you a, yes. a sort of ballpark from where to start. Yeah, that's a good point. As I then sort of progressed and got to know my clients more, you know, then they they sort of actually they kind of gave me some guidance on pricing as well, because I actually had an incident where one of my clients said to me, Simone, I don't think I pay you enough for what you do. You know, <laughs> it's like amazing. Okay. You know, because, because they, you know, the clients will have looked around. If they've chosen me to be their personal assistant, they have looked at other assistants out there in the marketplace. So they have, 
they have a strong indication of what they need and also how much they want to pay. And I think with the personal assistant VA world, there's a massive spectrum of pricing, you know, and I think a lot of it is is based on experience. Right. I was just going to say, how how would you suggest somebody goes about finding somebody? So if if I'm running a business and feeling quite overwhelmed by my to-do lists and all the things that are the day-to-day aspects, and I recognise I need some help with this, how would somebody find somebody like you? And you know, what are those differences between perhaps working for somebody, um, you know, looking for an agency or an individual? And what should be the things that people look for in a in a PA, a virtual PA? Um, I think, first of all, as a client, you would need to determine what is it that I I would like this person to do for me, for my business. So is it that you need someone to do admin, paper admin, sorting out filing systems, setting up things, helping you with your travel and potentially some of your diary? Or is it that you want someone to deal with your own clients and actually be that that in-between person? Um, and they, they are different skill sets. They are definitely different skill sets, you, you know, and I think with an experienced PA who has dealt with senior people in whether they're in the corporate world or in day to day life, they will deal with clients differently to someone that only does administration. So you need to yes. determine, do you want someone that's basically representing you and your business or do you want someone more behind the scenes? who's just doing the the admin and making sure things run smoothly yes yes I gotcha um and so if somebody decides then that actually they want somebody who can be client facing yeah you've got you know what did you say 20 odd years experience in this um I guess that that's again another more trust comes into that relationship should we say because I suppose in lots of ways if the day-to-day admin doesn't work out with the, the other type of you know, VA or PA, then it's not the end of the world. But if somebody's actually client facing, you've got to really feel that they're a good fit to represent you and your business, haven't you? Yes. In that respect, if if you want them to be client facing, it is like taking on an employee. You know, I feel that you should interview them in the same way you would if they were going to join your team as a member of staff as a colleague because they are embedded within your organization so what would be the difference or what would be the benefit should I say then of working with somebody like you versus actually taking on somebody full-time the benefits would be first of all financially because you don't have the commitment of full-time work and a full-time salary and the national insurance and all of those things that go with that or the HR obligations and implications around performance reviews, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have that. Having a PA like myself, it's more of a partnership um, in the sense that, you know, you, you're you working together. There's not the, the, there's not the structure 
for me as a of a line manager and an employee I find it's a much more open relationship because there's not the hierarchy there yes obviously there's the client relationship but there isn't there isn't that delegation of of power in a way yeah it's a more a more joined up you're both sort of pulling in the same direction yes partnership I guess yeah okay interesting so I guess if you're working in in much more of a a partnership way uh, with your clients in lots of ways it's very easy for you to sort of get a, a bit of an overview of their business and to perhaps once you get to know them be able to identify other areas in which you can actually help them uh where you can kind of take that off their own to-do list do you find that that's the case yeah definitely and I think the more that a client kind of lets you in yeah the more they will benefit from having you there okay so would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about how you actually work with your clients here, what the sort of options are? Because I guess that there's, like we've talked about the trust issue, that, that some people will not necessarily want to outsource loads to start with, or maybe don't even know how long things are going to take. You know, how do you deal with that with your in your business? Yeah, so I have um, two different pricing structures uh, within the business. And The first one is called the ultimate flex, and that is ideal for someone who just doesn't really know. They don't have the experience yet of having a PA and what to do. So just as you've you've described. So what happens with the ultimate flex, they buy so much of my time in advance, and that time then is used up as and when they need it. So there's no time limit for them to use it in within a certain month or a few weeks or anything it just keeps rolling each month until it until it's used up with that system it's great for the client to get an understanding around how long certain jobs take whether that job then whether they need to outsource it to to a PA or whether it's better for them to do it themselves you know I mean it could be for example Clients will sometimes say, could you research X, Y, Z for me? If their brief is very vague, you know, we've all been on the internet before. A research could take half an hour or it could take hours. So those sorts of tasks, the more information you can give, it will actually save time and ultimately the client's money in the long run because it's it's a more detailed brief. Once they've been on the ultimate flex for a while and they get a more understanding of how the PA is working with their business, they can then decide, do they stay with that flexibility or would they rather move on to the other payment plan, which is known as the business backbone? And with the business backbone, it's a set number of hours each month and those hours don't roll over to the next month. But you know, for example, I'm going to have enough work to give that person assistant for 10 hours a month, for example, or 12 hours a month. And it's a payment where if you don't use all of the PA's time, then obviously, you know, the next month you start from zero hours again and, you know, use it or lose it. So there are both ways of working. Yeah, sure. I suppose after somebody's worked with you for for a short period of time 
you start to understand, like you said, both of you understand how long things will take. Yes. And then it makes it much easier. Yes. And I, I always communicate with the client so that they know either how long things have taken. So if it's a research project, when I provide the research, I will let them know, you know, for example, this has taken me one and a half hours, just so you're aware, you know, and then they can start to understand how quick I work. And also I, I keep them informed as to how much time they have left of of their pre-purchased hours so that they can judge it across everything. Once the client knows me, knows how I work and I know how they work, you don't need to communicate to that level of detail all the time because you start to just know each other. But it's it's very good for the early days when when there's that uncertainty around the relationship. And I suppose also you know, when you're starting work with somebody, if they don't know how long a task is going to take, initially, it's, it is great to be able to say this took me an hour and a half. And they can think, well, actually, that's an hour and a half of your time that they're paying for. But it might have taken them three and a half hours longer, which would have taken them and pulled them off the tasks that are important for them to be doing. Uh, And you start to realise how valuable it is to have somebody else who's able to do this stuff, because this is obviously your area of expertise and this is really your skill set. Whereas the person whose business it it is, it might not be their main strengths. And in fact, they might find it all quite difficult. So to to have somebody who's experienced at doing these specific tasks, uh, tasks is often much quicker, isn't it? It's It's the same with we wouldn't try and fix our own car. We would always take it to the mechanic. Yes, because that's not our area of can't say that today area of expertise. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> and also because of because I've been a PA for a million years now. Um, <laughs> You're not that old. You're not that old. <laughs> um, you know, you 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 get very experienced at different things different skill sets in different companies which helps then with the flexibility of dealing with different clients you know over the years I've worked in a variety of industries Um, I've worked for entrepreneurs I've worked for large blue chip companies so I've got a insight to all areas of those businesses and I think as well now dealing with my clients you know, someone might say, oh, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking for, just an example, a restaurant in London. Well, I can think back to lots of restaurants that I've booked before for various bosses, various clients, and they always give me feedback. And I do always ask my clients if they've been to a particular venue or whatever, you know, what did you think of it? What did you like about it? Because I will then use that information for another client Yes. You know, absolutely. if the client is then looking for a particular venue, I think, oh, this one was a good one or stay You've away from, before. you know. Yeah. Yeah. If you're the client looking to book a venue for something, whether it's your company party or whether it's a client dinner, whatever it might be, you wouldn't have necessarily that sort of an insight that the PA would have. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. So if we could just talk for for a bit now about your business and sort of you being the business owner. So as I mentioned before, we worked on our on your brand foundations together. 
could you just tell me first of all how your what your experience of that was how did you find that um I thought it was brilliant and I'm not just saying it because you're talking to me now (laughs) (laughs) thank you I yeah for me it was fantastic because I always knew about the sort of PA that I am and the sort of clients I you know that I work well with but I never knew it to the level of detail that I could put it down on paper Um, for me being a PA is very much a part of me I've always said being a PA is part of my DNA and for me relationships are incredibly important so you know I don't want to work with just anybody I want to work with the right people that I fit well and they fit well for me which is also a great thing about running your own business because I can choose those those relationships but I think the actual branding exercise it gave me focus and clarity it actually kind of made me think oh my god I'm actually doing this I've been running my own business for three years, but all of a sudden, the last few months, it was like, I'm actually a business owner. It, it yes. was that kind of reality <laughs> that this is, this is how it is, you know. Yeah, it was actually, for me, quite a challenging exercise uh, doing the branding because it totally took me out of my comfort zones. Yes. But in a good way, it took me out of my comfort zones because I'm not one for kind of oversharing my thoughts and things. I, you know, as a PA, you're very much you set you soak in all the information and you give out what you need to give out to your clients and to colleagues at various companies that you that you work alongside. But you don't get involved in the personal side of life, really. And I suppose because this is my business and my product is me. It was actually very personal. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think once you've done the kind of brand foundation work, I think the thing that's really important is the feeling of being in the driving seat. And what you just said about recognising that suddenly, actually, you know, I'm doing this, I'm running this business, this is my business and I get to pick and choose. I think that, you know, especially when you have not long been in business, it can be very tempting to take all the work as it comes in work with anybody that wants to work with you because of the fact that you know you're in a slight sort of scarcity mindset of well I better take this work because I don't know what's coming next whereas I think once you're a few years into it then you know you've got this this sort of brown foundation stuff done you can be much much more confident about saying yes to the right clients but also saying no to the ones that aren't the right fit for you Um, and understanding who those different types of people and different businesses are and why they might be right or not the right fit Um, which means that you end up working with people that you have a much better relationship with which makes it a much much easier working relationship you know rather than the tricky clients that are second guessing you and making you feel uneasy and you know like you're not necessarily always doing a good job you can work with the people that get you and you get and it's just a much easier working relationship I think and and I think as well as as your career progresses, you know, your outlook in general changes. The fact, you know, when you become a parent, your outlook changes again, all those things. And now it's, for me, it's being, 
in control of my own destiny and the destiny of my my family. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And being able to dictate your own sort of work-life balance, I suppose, and deciding yeah. if you if you want to work an evening, you can, or if you you know want to take a long weekend, you can. But you obviously have to yes. let people know in advance. But it's you know it's up to you, sort of thing. You can work as many hours as you as you choose, really, can't you? Yeah. How do you tend to sort of market your business? Have you done much on that since we did our work? I know you went on to have your branding, um, your sort of brand design work done, and then you had uh, your website done. What's sort of next? Is it is it a case of trying to do a bit more marketing, or what are you working on at the moment? To be honest, I I'm not entirely sure. I still need to get better at my marketing. Um, definitely a big learning curve for me. I was going to do sort of like regular things on LinkedIn, but I haven't done that yet. I wrote my first blog, but I haven't yet done a second blog. And I need to now think about doing that potentially. I think with regards to my PA work, although I've got the balance now with my work and my personal life, I haven't quite yet got the balance of my client work and my business. So I still, I work, my hours are pretty much all for my clients and I need to, I need to set some time aside now that's for my business. Yes, yeah. Um, and then I, and, and then I can start focusing on things like that, but it's not something I've done yet. And, and now that your website, which I think looks lovely, by the way, uh, <laughs> um, you. Now, you know, you've got a kind of home on the internet, haven't you? So you can grow that yes as and when you know you want to yeah and I don't think I think with the with the PA relationship and client relationship I think a lot of it comes a lot of client relationships come from recommendations and referrals but having the online presence now just means that I can point people in a direction where they can they can read about me, they can read about the business, they can make their own decisions without a pushy sales pitch or, you know, they can they can decide if I'm the right PA for them in their own space and time. And I would always have a no obligation introductory call, discovery call, and they can get to know me a bit on the phone as well. But it's not I'm, I'm I'm not expecting or wanting the website to attract people in. I'm kind of it's more of a if you've like heard shop about front, me, isn't it? yeah. Mm. If you've heard about me, here, take a look at this and come back to me if if you would like to discuss anything further. And that's how I that's how I got my most recent client, new client. Okay, cool. So it's almost like you know for your business I suppose it's it's a sort of interactive business card isn't it it's more like yeah you know, this is where you can learn more um you're not necessarily expecting to sell things directly through the website so just wondering the kind of nuts and bolts then of somebody uh wanting to work with you what would happen um you know I, I can see it as a benefit for somebody to have a, a PA who has an email address for example that is from their domain name so it kind of adds that gravitas to their business makes them look like they've got more uh people working for them um but then I guess there'll be other people that wouldn't want that that perhaps would want you know for you to use your own email address is there that flexibility when you work with your clients 
Yes, absolutely. So I actually work both ways currently for different clients. So for two of my clients, I use my own Premier PA email address. For my other clients, they have set up email email addresses using their domain, but for me. Um, so when I then email with their own clients or with their with their teams, their internal teams, I have the same email address as their business and I have the same email signature. So there's that uniformity throughout all emails. For their business, it looks as though I am part of their company to whether that is for their clients and their suppliers or, you know, um, but then for other clients they prefer that it's clear that I am standalone as the premier PA yeah I mean I can definitely see the benefit of, of both you know whether you want to have your own email address or to use the premier PA, PA address I think that's a really good place for us to wrap up there thank you so much Simone for giving up your time today to talk to me um, it's been really insightful and, and interesting to get to understand um, your business further and for our listeners, how they might work with a business like yours and the, and the benefits uh, and the reasons to perhaps do that. And I think the kind of big takeaway for me really is that, you know, if you're running a business and you're very bogged down in all those day-to-day tasks, that there are people that are able to be able to help you with this. Uh, and it's a case of getting a bit brave and doing a bit of research and finding the right person. And once you have, that then you'll end up with, a lot more time back in your day and you're able to be more strategic in your own business again which must just feel like a, a breath of fresh air for people when that that relationship is established and they know that they've got someone to sort of pass those things off to so thank you so much for for joining me and good luck with everything i'm looking forward to reading your second blog already <laughs> and i shall <laughs> look out no for pressure. it <laughs> thanks Liz. bye bye-bye Thanks for joining me this week. I really hope that you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Now, are you interested to know what type of entrepreneur you are? You can go and check out the quiz on my website, www.elevatewithliz.co.uk. It will tell you all about your business personality and the next steps to take to really elevate your brand. So be sure to go and check that out. And if you've got a spare couple of seconds, would you be so kind as to do a screenshot of this podcast episode uh, if you've enjoyed it and to share it to your Instagram stories? Please be sure to tag me at Elevate with Liz because it really does help other people to find the podcast. Thanks again and bye for now.